the the marble uh, slate mm-hmm. head first, and uh, I chipped. There was a chip on the marble slate, oh, and goodness. I had well, clearly I have issues, but <laughs> no massive major issues. This is Camus, and this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big miraculous ways all the way down to small everyday things. Hi, this is Camus, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. And this week I have Sam Hawkins with me. I never say his last name because I don't remember people by last names. Um, so basically Kylie and I know Sam because he runs in kind of a similar friend group that we do. We have a lot of, yeah, we have a lot of similar friends, but yet we somehow don't always socialize in the exact same friend group. I'm not really quite sure how that happens, but anyway, we're friends now and I guess we were asking somebody else to do the podcast and Sam was in the room and we were like, ha ha, you should do it too. And then he was like, no, legit, I want to do it. And we're like, ah, yes. Because we're always looking for people. So that is the story of how Sam came to be on the podcast. So I guess let's just start. Sam, why don't you tell everybody where you're from? I was born and raised in the Seattle area. I guess that's where I'm from. Seattle area. Yeah. Lots of people. Now I live here. <laughs> in Kooski. Beautiful place that it is. <clears throat> All right. So how about you tell us a little bit about your religious background growing up? My dad was from a Southern Baptist background, um, but he became uh, non-denomination. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of, not, I'm non-denomination, but when after you kind of get into like the doctrines and beliefs, it has like a, a Southern Baptist vibe. Yeah, vibe. But although, I mean, I wouldn't classify myself as that. Okay. So how about we pray, and then you've talked about how you have a plethora of stories. (laughs) So we'll see which ones you decide to share. Okay. But let's pray first. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you for this beautiful day and, you know, weather. And thank you for Sam and this that he was willing to share his stories with us and just... Bless him, Lord, with the words to speak and impress him. The stories that he should share are the ones that would touch us and affect us the most and teach us the most about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Sam. So just take it wherever I want to go? All yours. Okay. So I can't really think just like, oh, I'm going to do this one, this one, this one. So just kind of as they come up on it. Oh, I remember a story. Just make sure to finish the story first. (laughs) Yeah, I'll finish the story. Um, One of the stories that comes to mind, um, actually, I'm going to start with a little bit of family background to kind of give context. Okay. Um, So my dad was a pastor and a minister. Mm-hmm. Or uh, not a minister, um, missionary, <laughs> and he he's done a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you know, going to other countries, doing mission trips, and um, we had a a family church, or like a home church, mm-hmm. um, that you know my family obviously went to, but yeah. <laughs> other families and stuff. Um, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was four. Um, I distinctly now remember the exact time and what happened I can replay it's very very clear Mm -hmm. Um, I know sometimes people will question if that's legitimate at that age but um, I very much just very much remember it very um, clearly but um, I am one of 14 kids and yeah so I, I it's actually interesting because I've talked with different people that got saved when they were at like a later age, either in high school or college age or sometimes after. And it's actually really weird that because I got saved and was in a Christian home from a very young age, that Mm -hmm. it's pretty much all I know. And so it's almost like I don't know on the other side what it's like to to basically live in your life, not Mm -hmm. for Christ, and then changing over, you know, like the contrast. Um, It's interesting. But uh, so I feel like I have a lot of stories. I was raised in a very strong Christian home. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the stories 
that I would like to share is um, there was a good family friend. They were also missionaries down in Mexico. Their family, what they did was uh, there's a lot of uh, orphaned kids down there. And so they would, they basically started a family orphanage where they would take kids in off the streets Mm -hmm. and they would basically give them a home and a family. And then a lot of the times they would end up, you know, if they wanted to and basically went well with the family, they would adopt them. And, but anyway, uh, we met them and became good friends. My dad, my dad and his Mr. His name is Art Dappen. Uh, Art got along, they got along really well. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy because we met them through some friends and then we said, we were like, Hey, we should get together. And so then I think it was like a week later or something because they were visiting up from Mexico. Yeah. And they came over to our house and they had a big family too. They had, I think had like nine or 10 kids. And so, you know, we're all playing and having a great time. And it's the craziest thing because I think we, they must've come early on a Saturday and, you know, it was like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock and mm-hmm. you know, my dad and then Art Dapp and they couldn't really say goodbye. They didn't know they go, okay, bye, bye. But Oh wait, one more thing. And uh, I remember the craziest thing is after they finally really said goodbye and we're walking out to, you know, the, the, the van was already loaded. All the kids, the mm-hmm. mom were already loaded and he was walking towards the van to go climb in and my dad, he shut the front door and he got this look like, oh my goodness. Like, like I could tell you, he was scared of something. And so he told my older brother, Stephen, he, I, I was standing right next to him. And so I heard it. He said, go give this to Art Dappen, but go quickly, like right as he's leaving. Mm-hmm. So he handed my brother something and my brother Stephen, and he ran out to the van. And right as Art Dappen was climbing in the van to, drive away Mm -hmm. um he handed him something and he went what no way and right as as my brother steven was running to the van one of the boys hopped out of the van and ran to the front door and i watched him come up to the door and he handed my dad something and so then they like looked at each other from really far and they both started laughing and they came they, they walked back and started talking so that this is what i i witnessed now what actually happened was uh, being in a big family, and my dad spent a lot of time, you know, doing mission work and being a pastor. On, and I guess you could say it sounds weird to say, but we were poor. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot, and so um, money was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but God had told my dad to give Art Dappen his entire check that he had just gotten. It was like, I think it was like 500 and something dollars. Wow. And I mean, it was a large amount, but it was mm-hmm. like all of it, like every dollar. So it was something like 567. Like it wasn't just, Oh, a thousand dollar check or whatever. And he, God told him to give it to Art Deppin. Wow. And uh, just for the story's sake, I'm going to pretend it was a specific number. It was, let's just say 567. Mm-hmm. And he gave Art Deppin. To my, to my brother to give it to Art Dappen, five hundred and sixty-seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, what's crazy is he, God had told Art Dappen to give my dad a bunch of money and had given it to his son, but he did the same thing and they wanted to wait till they're leaving because they knew that they would argue and be like, oh no 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 you yeah. keep it. And so when they like literally passed each other and handed each other and it was the exact amount it was five hundred sixty-seven dollars, like to the dollar. Wow. And it was really cool hearing them laugh and they didn't say for like another hour because just talking about stuff. But it was so crazy because here I was probably, I think it was six or seven years old mm-hmm. and just getting to witness right in front of me, God working. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times, you know, like we see a lot of examples in the Bible that God will test us in mm-hmm. our faith and be like, how much do you actually trust me? Yeah. And my dad, I mean, God always takes care of us, but yeah. in human terms at the time, him giving all that money to Art Dappen would not, that would have made it where we didn't have enough money to pay bills. I don't know what bills, but like I knew yeah. we were, things were tight, but my dad chose to trust God and what he was telling him and be obedient. And then the same exact story was happening on the other side. And when we followed through and we listened to God, like it was like, he was just showing so clearly 
that he knew what was going on mm. because you know and both both men were obedient and to me that just really really impacted my life not only just seeing god so blatantly work and just involved in our lives but yeah. it was crazy that uh, seeing that what if either my dad had chickened out <laughs> and didn't have didn't wasn't obedient and have the faith mm-hmm. to obey god or that god would take care of him regardless cuz both of them had no idea that the other one was going to give them the money right back mm-hmm. and uh sorry and it just it taught me that you know being obedient is important because in that situation if if one of them hadn't been obedient that could have been a big mess for the other person you know not saying that god wouldn't have taken care of them in another way but just it just at a young age that really really impacted me and is really I guess just established my faith that God is there and will take care of, mm-hmm. right, take care of you, and just the importance of being obedient. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just that's one of the stories that uh, I really like. It just because it really impacted me, but also it's really cool just watching. You know, God is He cares about the details and He's always orchestrating things. Yeah, you can't outgive Him, and you can't you know like be like, oh, we should do this, and be like, oh no, Lord, and then it's a catastrophe. Like, no, He'll give you the money back or he will follow through and like he's faithful and like yeah just because you're obedient doesn't mean bad things are going to happen like no great things are going to happen yeah and i think you could even argue i mean because we have a human perspective that sometimes you're obedient and what appear to be bad things happen mm-hmm. but sometimes if it's god's will i mean you can know it's basically for the greater good for lack of a better term but you know sometimes yeah. it's it, i'm not just saying anytime you be obedient to god everything great is going to happen mm-hmm. sometimes we suffer and being a Christian is not always like, easy. Yeah, it's not easy. But in this case, it was a very it was very clear to see that when you were obedient to God, that He will take care of you. Because mm-hmm. that's that is true. He yeah. will take care of you, even if it's even if He didn't give the money right back. <laughs> you know, He still He takes care of you. Definitely. Another story <laughs> that uh, I think is kind of cool, which I don't really remember it all that much. Um, but in our house, uh, we had, um, you open the door and there's a marble slate on the ground in the entryway. Mm-hmm. And then there's a stairway stairway that wrapped up along the wall and went up to the upstairs. So it was from the floor to the top of the, the banisters, probably, I want to say about 13, 14 feet. And on the railing, there were, um, the rails were probably about... 10 to 12 inches apart so pretty big and uh i was six months old it was right before i started walking and you know where this is going yes (laughs) um i was up at the top of the banister and like i said i don't remember it but there's many people that witnessed it and told Mm -hmm. me what happened um my mom was sitting there watching me and just as I started taking the last couple steps over the edge of the banister my mom knew exactly what was happening so she yelled out Samuel and she started to run over right as I went through and head first and my mom said that as, as she was running over to the banister her thought was she was about to see my head busted open and brains everywhere <laughs> because yeah. I went off head first six months old mm-hmm. and I started screaming she got to the edge I was laying down there crying and what happened was I hit the the marble uh, slate mm-hmm. head first and uh, I chipped there was a chip on the marble slate oh, and goodness. I had well Clearly, I have issues, but <laughs> no massive major issues that you would, you know, assume would come from that. But uh, there's no way I should have survived that. Mm-hmm. And like my mom and one of my sisters um, watched it. I think my brother might have been downstairs. But just watching that happen is just crazy. That yeah, hear, hearing that story a lot just really, I guess that impacts me because I could have died, and yet God clearly had an angel to protect me and save me from that and just kind of makes me go well you know he clearly had 
a plan for me as mm-hmm. I got older. So it was like, it's not your time because you've got other things. It just really impacted me, um, you know, as growing up, realizing that, wow, God must have something that he specifically wants me to do because he's been protecting me and saving me. You know? yeah. Not to mention all the other times as a kid, I almost died, but <laughs> yeah. just specifically that. Um, yeah. And like, you didn't walk away with any like trauma to your brain or anything like obviously you can still function and move all of your <laughs> limbs so yeah your issues are more mental but yes <laughs> that was a joke y'all we're just uh, uh, um yeah let's see uh so i was nine years old and uh, my dad had previously been on i don't remember timelines all that well but he had previously been to Egypt on a mission trip, mm-hmm. and he was there for, I think, three, two, two or three months. And then he came back, and then he went to Sudan. Wow. And then I don't remember how long that trip was. But then um, he had met a bunch of people there, and they you know, kept wanting him to come back. So eventually, after I think it was a couple years, God opened the door and called him to go back. So he went back. Uh, I'm going to tell you a small thing, and I'm not going to finish it, and then I'm going to jump back, and I'll tie it in later. So, um, interesting fact, mosquitoes hate garlic. So, if you take, like, garlic garlic tablets, or I guess if you just eat a bunch of garlic, mm-hmm. um, it gets in your bloodstream. If you eat it consistently, it gets in your bloodstream, and you're, I mean, you going to be stinky, too, but <laughs> uh, the... The garlic in your bloodstream gives off kind of like like a scent or an aroma, and it keeps the mosquitoes away, like completely, like better than bug off or any type of thing like that. So usually, if you don't go on camping, something like that, it usually takes three days. It's like we would take uh, garlic tablets. Um, you start taking them, and it takes three days to like saturate your system, mm-hmm. and then you know you keep taking garlic for however long. So um, I'm gonna pause on that. Okay. Okay. So. My dad went to Sudan, but at this time it was different. He was doing a joint mission with Art Dappen okay. from the other story. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to go for two months. So they were going to go to Sudan together, and then like I think the next day or something, they were going to split up, and they had two different things that they are trying to do. And then at the 30-day mark, they were going to come back together and spend the last month doing mission work together and then come home together. Mm-hmm. So, my, so they they went, yeah, and my dad was staying in a village when a bunch of people started getting sick, mm-hmm. and he ended up sharing a lot of the the same. This one specifically, this one family in their hut that he was staying with, um, they shared their dishes, and um, he ended up getting. Like the flu, you know, it wasn't anything bad. It mm-hmm. the flu or something. So he got the flu, and was you know just really throwing throwing up, and you know, I mean, it was a pretty bad bug. But um, so while he was over there, he was taking garlic pills to for because often uh, mosquitoes have malaria, and I mean, yeah, yeah, just not having mosquitoes, but also knowing over there that often they'll carry malaria Disease and things. And yes, um, so he was like adamantly taking him every single day and he wasn't having mosquitoes bug him at all so he when he got really sick he was really really sick for three days and that's the only time that he he stopped taking the garlic pills because he was just really sick yeah um throwing up constantly and all that yeah um and he wasn't taking the garlic and then afterwards um after he got better it's like three days, mm-hmm. start taking the garlic in, but it like, cause it takes three days to get into your system. So it had gotten out of system. So you had to redo it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so just about, just about the 30 day mark, my dad ended up calling my mom. Of course, my mom freaked out because <laughs> of that long distance call. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I don't know. I'm just, something's off. And, I don't know why I feel like God's telling me to come home and uh, he's like yeah I don't know I'm praying about this you should you know I told my mom to pray about it he's like, I feel like I'm supposed to come home and uh, I think it was a couple days later he called back again and he's like you know what I know this seems so weird I, I don't know why but I just feel very strongly God wants me to come home 
Mm. And so mom's like, well, that's what God wants. And he'll say it, like, you know, knowing how dangerous it is over there, you know, maybe God's protecting him from something. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, okay, no questions. Come on. So he was going to end up paying, you know, a lot of money to end up changing his flight. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he called up to change his flight, for some weird reason, they waived the the, the the fee to change it which was i think would have been something like a thousand dollars or something crazy to to exchange the tickets and um for some reason he doesn't even know why but they waived it and he's like whoa okay this this seemed like a real sign from god Mm -hmm. um he ended up uh talking to art dappen and telling him hey i can know this this plan was it was was the day before he was supposed to be meeting up he's like i don't know why i explained to him you know i feel like god's telling me to go home um, I'm sorry, like, you know, made sure it was okay, and Art's like, hey, if God's telling you to go home, things are going good with me, go ahead, you know, you go, do whatever God's telling you to do, so, uh, my dad flew back right at, like, the 30-day mark, mm-hmm. and he came home, and it was really weird, because, you know, we'd all prepared for him being gone for two months, and yeah. he came back, and, um, he had scheduled work off for the entire time, oh. so he came back, and it was just like, you know, kind of one of those weird things like I don't not explain it like just mm-hmm. all right here I am and it's like okay so uh, I don't know it was, just, it, was, it was odd but uh because my dad had scheduled work it was one of the most fun times ever mm. we just we, we got to take school off because I was homeschooled yeah we got to take school off um, it might have been summer. I don't remember. <laughs> All I know is that we did basically had no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. My dad, you know, often was working or, you know, doing things. So he just had all this free time. We spent so much time with him. It was, it was just really awesome uh, for, for, for two weeks. Mm. Spent so much time together. I probably at the time almost got sick of him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after two weeks, he started to get sick. Like, oh, I have the bug again. That's weird. Hmm. and um and just he seemed to kind of get sicker and sicker um and yeah it was some some strange symptoms um I think about after the first week or so like his skin started to turn orange and so my mom is um my mom and my dad very much uh I don't know how to properly say it but they don't like the whole uh medical system healthcare system healthcare system there you go um as far as like medications and all that sort of thing you know you break your arm like yeah or you need stitches you go do that stuff but um not into the like you get sick go to the doctor yeah no um a lot of um i think it's uh home remedy home remedy yeah but it's different but anyways we did everything at home my mom was um very knowledgeable on all the natural health stuff and vitamins and essential oils and all that kind of stuff and so yeah we basically did our own stuff mm-hmm. um and so as my dad started to get worse and worse my and as I know how concerned my mom was is she was like well we should take you to the doctor like we've tried a bunch of stuff we can't figure out what it is you know one time she's like maybe it's this it wasn't that because different symptoms started changing. Like, well, maybe it's this, and couldn't figure anything out. Um, and so she asked me, she's like, "All right, we're gonna go to the hospital." My dad said, "Absolutely not." And he basically made my mom promise that no matter what happened, he would not, or that she would not take him to the hospital. So they kind of battled with that a little bit, and yeah, it was he was in in really good spirits and. Uh, yeah, he, he was still doing stuff. Like he'd come sit out in the living room, and we'd watch a movie or read books, or we'd do stuff. So he, he just was very weak and tired, and didn't feel good. And but just, again, still in really good spirits. And anyway, and it just started progressing and getting. It started getting worse and worse. Again, my mom was just really starting to not like the fact that she promised my dad, and um, my dad was just totally at peace about it, and. Um, you know, they prayed a lot together, and I think my mom did have a lot more peace. But I haven't, because I haven't really talked to her too much about this that part. But with more observation, it seemed like she was a lot more at peace about it. And uh, yeah, he just started getting more and more sick. And coming up on the, I believe it was the like two or three days before the the two month mark from when he first left, mm-hmm. Art Dappen flew home. 
and again, <laughs> I, I don't remember, because I, I, was, I was nine years old, so I don't remember all the details, mm-hmm. but there was a reason he came home a couple days early, mm. and because it was supposed to be, I, I believe it was supposed to be 60 days, and he came home two or three days early, and his flight, because he lived in Mexico, so his yeah. flight was to Seattle, where they're going to kind of debrief or talk or what, because they're supposed to be flying home together, yeah. and he had family in Seattle, and then he was going to be flying down to Mexico. Um, so he was in Seattle, so we went and picked him up in the airport and brought him home, like, hey, um, well, my dad's name is Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, hey, you know, Wayne's sick, you know, come and pray for him. And so craziest thing, we got the whole family together um, around my dad and laid hands on him and stuff. And Art Dappen prayed. And a lot of time when you're a little kid, sometimes you don't really listen to what people are saying. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, yeah. oh, they're praying, they're talking to God. You don't, like, listen to the actual words and let them sink in. Yeah. Uh, so it's strange that this sticks, it stuck out so much to me. But when he was praying, after everything else he was saying, <laughs> um, he very specifically, and these are the exact words he used, he said, uh, Lord, heal Wayne. And he said, don't just make him, don't just make him better, fully and completely heal him and make him new. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird that he said that. I was just, I remember like while he was praying, it like hit me and registered. It was like, that's weird to say, but okay. And then like looking back afterwards, he was still like, whoa. But anyway, so he left because he was just there for not even a full day. And then he left to, back to Mexico. Back to Mexico. He went home to Mexico. And my dad ended up passing away. Uh, I believe it was. Like, and the reason why I keep referring to, like, the month and two months is because, like, hindsight, looking at the timeline was incredible. Mm-hmm. Because I believe it was on the 60th day, the day he would have been coming home in the planned trip. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he died. And it is so crazy that, so, so that, that's basically the story. He died. He's gone. <laughs> but... Here's the crazy thing is when you look back at it all is he was taking garlic. Nothing was getting him by. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Uh, it turns out it was malaria. <laughs> so after he passed away, mm-hmm. um, my mom called the ambulance and they came and they were like, yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Um, but then what they had to do is go through the process and send him to the mortician or yeah, take um, him to the corner. The corner, there you go. Um, and then my mom wanted to know, and they wanted to know since it was, you know, there's clearly something wrong. So they were doing tests and stuff on his body, and um, a lot of the people that were involved were like, I don't know what this is. Like, they could see that there was something wrong. They couldn't, didn't know what. So it's kind of like went up the food chain to specialists and stuff. And uh, it ended up turning out that it was malaria, but it was the rarest form of malaria that there were so few cases ever recorded mm-hmm. that they did not have enough information on it to, like, to know anything, like how to, to cure it, how to... Um. So even if my mom had taken my dad to the hospital, they would have they would have treated him for malaria and wouldn't have worked, wouldn't have done anything because it was the wrong types, type of malaria. Mm. And it was such a rare case, there was literally nothing they could have medically done, oh. which was crazy yeah you know that it kind of seems like oh you know the, my my mom should have just taken him anyway or anything but it's like god clearly showing there's nothing they could have done and i know for i knew my dad i knew that even if the medical system could have allegedly done something um i know if it got no you can't die unless god says it's your time mm-hmm. and my dad knew that and believed that so if he was going to die he would much rather have died at home with his family peacefully rather than hooked up to a bunch of machines and all these tests and everything. So that was really cool to see. But then also one step further that there was absolutely nothing they could have done because it was such, it was such a rare form of malaria. Hmm. The other crazy part is the only way that he could have gotten it was, again, I don't, when I was younger, all this stuff was explained to me, and so I don't know the technical terms, but basically yeah. the, the type of malaria is that um, you can only get it through um, kind of like, like liquid, uh, not liquids, um, transmitted through like bites or um, like if somebody else had it, you'd have to like have liquid, like 
Yeah, like droplets or like some form yeah, like from direct blood contact. Or saliva. Yeah. Yes, that type of direct contact. It's not just like a you know you breathe on them and it spreads. So basically, it's and it's only transmitted through, or they say I think it's only transmitted through animals or insects type thing. So it was very clear. It seemed very clear that what happens is from a mosquito. Yeah. And the crazy thing is he basically had full protection from mosquitoes the entire time except. That one time that he, that three-day period that he got sick and stopped taking it. Mm. And so it was just all these coincidences lining up. And then the crazy fact that out of nowhere, God told him to go home. So if he had not been obedient to God and came home, um, he would have died over there. Yeah. Which would have been devastating to the family. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, it couldn't have been, you know, peace or, you know, things worked out. I'm just saying that would have been, okay, let me rephrase it would have been so much harder on the family if he had died over there. Yeah. Um, and then you have the exact opposite, that God, knowing, and showing that you know God was in control and he was the one that was in charge and, and it was part of his plan. He sent my dad home a month early, knowing the exact day that he was going to die. Mm -hmm. And we got to spend such an incredible time together, all of my family, and um, some of my younger siblings um, and some of my older ones, too, just had really cool experiences, you know, just caretaking for him. You know, my, my little sister would, you know, rub coconut oil or olive oil on his skin, you know, just things like that, getting a bond and being really close. And mm. it was just, it was incredible seeing that God orchestrated every single detail of it. And I was, uh, I was nine years old. Um and it just, at nine years old, sitting there going, God orchestrated every single detail. It was incredible to be able to, like, for it to be that clear. You know, it's not like people were saying, oh, it's it's okay, look, God orchestrated it. It was like, that's what I saw. Most of my other family were, I'm not saying they didn't see it, but they were heavily grieving. But I was like, wait a second. This is like you see every single step that God took to make this an amazing thing, like showing his design in it. It almost made it hard for me to grieve because like, wait a second, my dad is in a better place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and God very, he showed us that it was all his will and his design. I don't know, just there's so much peace about it. And like, I mean, it's, it's sad that you lost your dad. Just for yeah, it's, it, it is sad. But like you know, God was in control. And like, even though this was a sad, like not great thing, how he, how it came about was yes. what was best for your family. Because like, it's really shocking when like someone dies in a car crash, but it's a lot easier for like the family to accept like cancer or like a long-term illness. Cause like, I mean, it was only like a month, but like you could see it and you kind of like could brace yourself for what was coming versus as if he'd like died in a far off country, be like, yeah. What happened? You know, thinking of all the things, like, like you said, almost like a car accident. It's like, oh, all the things I could have said to him. Or, oh, I didn't get to talk to him about this. or oh, And yet it was the opposite. Is He got to spend two weeks of having no obligations mm -hmm. to just bond with us, spend time, form all these great memories. And, yeah, it just – I really got to see the power of God, you know, how much he – he he cares about us enough that I mean you could have just had him die over there mm -hmm. you know and honestly there's nothing to argue with or be you know upset about with that because you know he's in charge and he orchestrates things but then to see how much he cares and how much oh it, this is how it feels it almost feels like he went so far out of his way just for us and it was so personal mm. so personal and God is so personal and. Yeah, it just, to me, that's probably my absolute favorite, which sounds odd. Hey, you want to hear my favorite story? It's the story of my dad dying. But it's just, I can't help but see his glory and majesty, his power in all of it, and his, his personableness. <laughs> I think that's a word. You know, just in it, it's, God is so good. Mm -hmm. And... Again, I know it sounds weird in the context of my dad dying, I just, but I feel so lucky. Mm. Not lucky. So, so blessed. 
But yeah, I wow. yeah, I, I love telling that story because you know, often death can be a, a hard or difficult topic, but because of what God did for me, it's not awkward or difficult for me. It's actually something I enjoy sharing because I want people to see that God is in control, even in things like death. You know, if even if it's something like an accident, mm. you can apply it and realize that cannot happen unless God allows it. And God only wants what's best for us. So, yeah, it may be a tough situation, but God is in control. Just clarification. Like, there are consequences for our sin, and sometimes God has to give us over to those consequences. And that's not his ideal, but he can use anything. You meaning allowing us to... To fall suffer on. repercussions from, from sin. sin so that way oh, we yeah can, yeah just because <laughs> sometimes people smoke and then they get cancer and like maybe that wasn't god's ideal but you know god can still be glorified and he can still use that yes god turns all all evil into good, into good. all turns all bad for his good yes um yeah i'm not not implying that everything bad that happens is God, because yes, I agree. I agree. Sometimes he, you know, when we turn from him and we don't obey him, mm -hmm. um, he can allow things to happen, or kind of like we suffer the consequences, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Still, there is also grace. Yeah. It's not every single time that we disobey, he lets something bad happen. Yeah. To discipline us, sometimes that is the case, but there's also the grace that he loves us, that he will protect us from those things. Mm -hmm. but, and yeah, because yeah, I think I'm on the same thought. I just wanted that clarification because oh, okay. like I think bad things happen and I think sometimes we're given over to like the consequences or like this bad thing happened because oh we messed up or whatever but I think God is greater than our mistakes and he can be glorified in it and, like you know like something evil happens and someone's murdered like mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say that that was God's plan that they were murdered but I think God can still use that for a greater good yeah, but I I think, which I don't know, are we allowed to discuss? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but what I think what you're what you're the the difference is something that we perceive as bad mm. happening or something that is difficult that happens, not evil. But then there are some things that are evil, and God does not allow those because God is not evil. But sometimes because of sin in the world bad things do have our evil things do happen yeah. because we do have a choice to do evil or to do good yeah and for instance in the case of like my dad dying or somebody died in an accident their car accident i don't think that that's like that's not evil that's something that's difficult or something that we perceive as bad and god can allow that to happen because ultimately it is for our greater good yeah. and i mean for my dad my dad served uh, not his whole life, <laughs> but while he was serving him, he served God like, amazingly well, mm -hmm. and God called him home. Like he was done, and now yeah. he gets to go be with our King up in heaven. And if anything, we should be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that he, he his his uh, his job's done, and he gets to be home. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we we perceive it as a bad thing because we miss him or we miss a loved one that that passes. Um, and it, it's difficult and we're sad, but really it's a good thing. It's just like we get so caught up of living this life here on earth. Yeah. And like there's that song, you know, like um, this world is not my home or like heaven is my home or something. You yeah. know, we sing those songs, but in reality, our mind is very set in this world. And we're like, oh, this is my home. Like this is my life. And like so we perceive like death or like those things as like oh, evils and like Though, yes, they can be sad and we should grieve loss, like, also, like, glory, glorifying God in that and being, like, oh, like, my dad no longer has to suffer here on earth. Mm -hmm. Or, like, he has completed the work that God had for him and, like, he lived out all the plans and touched all the lives that he needed to. And so now he gets to be at rest or at peace. And now His he, reward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, like, yeah, like, just not getting so caught up in, like, this earth isn't it, you know, like death isn't the end. And I think that's an important point we forget. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I've, uh, I've encountered, no, probably not the right way to say it, but 
uh, I'm going to say it anyways. I have encountered death since my dad has passed, like like relatives and you know, close friends and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess probably better would be close close friends, family. Um, and it's almost like I've been <laughs> spoiled because of, of what I was able to experience and just to, to be instilled with, with how my dad passed. Um, sometimes I feel like, <laughs> kind of like what's the big deal like kind of oh. get over it like this is the process that happens and now they're they're up in heaven you know almost it's it's almost like it's it's spoiled me <laughs> you're like god just loved me so much and he like just came down and made like my first experience with death so beautiful you're just like i can't view it as bad just, I, I know it sounds ridiculous but that's kind of it so like sometimes you know when they have a, a close friend that's grieving or something and it, it's hard for me to grieve with them because um like i share in in their loss but to me it's like i've had family that was very close to me moved mm-hmm. to like for instance across the united states to north carolina and i've moved to north carolina and left family in, mm-hmm. in washington and um, it hurts to, to leave them, but they're not even, they're not dead. Yeah. But it hurts to be separated from them and because you miss them, you care about them, and you want to be involved in their lives and see them, and, you know, we're very tangible people to be able to hug them and touch them. And um, so to me, it's, I, I, I definitely experience that, that, I guess you could say loss or the, mm-hmm. the separation, like, yeah, and that's hard, but it's different than what a lot of times at least people that I've been around that when they grieve it's like a it's almost like a deeper deeper grievance mm-hmm. not a oh I'm gonna miss them I'm sad that I can't be that they're not gonna be around it's like they're gone well, like it, it, yeah it almost like break yeah that breaks their heart like they're gone forever that's exactly it they're gone forever and that's something that I now can't really I can't really relate to but I feel like it's a good thing <laughs> because it kind of keeps you keeps you grounded like you're saying as we, we we're so stuck in focusing on this life instead of the, the next life <laughs> but the afterlife <laughs> that sounds so weird the next life uh, but you know what I mean yes the... so I yeah anyways I just think it's odd and really awesome that I had a really good experience <laughs> with that. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I just, it's really cool looking back at some of those critical things, like that first story I told about um, $567, um, just things like that. It's really cool to see how that has been like a lot of the foundation of how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect in my faith and obedience to God, yeah. but I have I am very grounded in approaching life that way. Just like, well, if God says do it, do it. And I just I mean, I know I said I have tons and tons of stories. I have tons of little tiny stories. Um very very similar to that. Um growing up of because my mom and my mom and dad were very strong Christians and they did put a lot of faith and they were mostly <laughs> very obedient mm-hmm. and so as a young kid watching this happen you know it got instilled into me and I'm just so so grateful um that I have that stuff instilled in me mm-hmm. just cool seeing how much it has yeah. impacted my life just like those little things like learning to be obedient and like learning that like your life has a purpose and a meaning like even from a very young age that like god saved you for like a reason and like Mm -hmm. there's a point and there's a purpose to our lives and that's important because of like the whole mental health crisis and like depression and all of that but like god has a purpose and he has a plan and like you're on here you're here on earth until he's ready or he's finished with you or whatever yeah and yeah like that piece with that i think a lot of because even the Bible talks about we shouldn't mourn as others mourn because we have a faith and we have a hope. Yeah. And, like, having, like, a good experience with death. <laughs> like, man, like, even in my own life, death has not always been a good experience. Like, it's just it's sad, especially, like, a lot of my family's not Christian. So, like, when they die, I'm like, I don't know if they will be in heaven. And so 
but yeah, like when someone close to us dies that is Christian, like we shouldn't mourn as like others mourn because we have a faith and a hope that we'll see them to get again. Yeah. It's like not goodbye forever. It's like, ah, they just moved to heaven. Yeah. Can I share one more thing? I'll keep it short. Yes. Okay. So just as far as application, it was interesting. Um, a couple of years ago, um, I was a part of a church that was kind of like their mission was to plant other churches. Mm-hmm. And so um, while we were attending that church, they were planting a church in Austin, Texas. And basically when, long story short, um, God told me, you're going on that church plant. <laughs> I was like, okay. And yeah, I won't go with all the details. But basically, I I moved my family down. It wasn't just a God said move and then I was like, all right. And I jumped and dro- got in the car and drove down. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of other signs and him clearly talking to me more further out. So I didn't just go, oh, that's God. And then jump on the road. Go into a okay. little more detail if you want to, Sam. <laughs> um. No, no, it's fine. There, just, I want you to know that it wasn't just on a whim. It was, I prayed mm-hmm. and God showed me many, many ways and uh, made it very clear um, before I just went. <laughs> but the point is, as I very, without a shadow of a doubt, knew that God wanted me to move my family down on that church plant. Mm-hmm. And I did. But uh, I got a lot of flack from family because... Uh, I was moving down there on a church plant, which just seemed moderately sketchy as is. Yeah. Um, and probably one of the biggest things is they said I was being irresponsible because I did not have a job lined up. Mm. I did not have a house lined up. And I I went because God told me to go. And Were you married at this point? Yes, married with... A child and a half. <laughs> child and a half. <laughs> my oh. wife was pregnant. Yeah. And so, you know, my basically a lot of the flat came from, you know, if you're single, it's kind of like, oh, just, you know, you can't, you can afford to do those things. It's not yeah. as irresponsible. But I was perceived as very irresponsible. The fact that I was going down there without a job, without a house lined up. And I did try and get a job. I did try and get a house. Up. So it wasn't just like, oh, God's going to open a door, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't that. I was, I was tried. I didn't, like, do everything. Like, I didn't fly down there and, you know, go all hardcore into it. But, um, you know, I also didn't just, like, oh, no, God will take care of it. But I did know that God would take care of it. Even though I came to the point where I we loaded the van and we're driving down there, I knew God was going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. And when I got down there... I got a really awesome job that was and talking to my boss. He was a Christian guy, and it was just really cool hearing he'd been praying for me to come down there. Aww. And it was just then after going down there, seeing how God basically his 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 plan was interwoven with so many other things down mm. there. Um, and yeah, we uh, the church that building that we were moving into, um, there was a whole bunch of work that needed to be done on it. And I do construction work. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a job for um, almost three months after moving down there. Um, when I moved down there, a random person gave me like almost $4,000. It was just like, as I was the day that I was leaving Mm -hmm. out of the blue. And like, that was like enough that I needed to hold us over until I'd gotten a new job. And so it was just a whole bunch of little crazy things. But um, with when I went down there, I was able to spend just just about three months working full-time on the church building to help get it all renovated and do all the construction stuff. And then right when it was at the tail end, uh, I got a job. So it was just, again, seeing God orchestrate it all. And um, I just kind of going back to what I was saying about, like, People were sitting there saying, you're crazy, you're irresponsible for doing it. And it's like, no, God told me to go. And if he told me to go, he's going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. But that confidence in, was instilled in me because of what I saw. Basically, God's reputation that I was I saw from my mom and my dad. And just, you know, like the couple stories that I showed you. Anyway, so just, it's really cool. God is so faithful mm-hmm. and he always comes through and he is very trustworthy. Yes, yeah. And he... 
He shows up and he delivers. And like, yeah. obviously you should be praying and not doing something blatantly against his will and yes. expect him to follow through. <laughs> yes, it doesn't mean just jump and go anywhere and you'll be fine. It means, I mean, he says that we're supposed to walk with him, mm-hmm. not walk and he'll be with us. He <laughs> says walk with him. Mm-hmm. When we walk with him, we won't have a care in the world because he's going to be taking care of us. And we're going to be in his will. It also does not mean that nothing bad will happen. We're actually promised that if we choose Christ, it will be hard and difficult, yeah. but it will be good and there will be joy and peace and mm-hmm. we can get through it. We will be equipped. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I don't know where I heard this quote once and it was saying that basically like so often we as people, we let our circumstances define us, but as Christians, we shouldn't let our circumstances define us. We should like, define our circumstances basically like it's not the things that are happening but it's how we react to them yes and so like you know like your dad can die and for someone that could be awful and great grief and like something they could never get over mm-hmm. or, or a lot be, of hating god or something like that yeah or for you it's peace and knowing god are better and it's like that's my story of like wow god is so faithful god mm-hmm. is so personal and so it's like not necessarily like the specific things that happen that's what's cool about the Christian walk, but that like you have the peace and the strength to walk through them. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Sam, for sharing. We, I didn't know your little stories, but I liked your little <laughs> stories. And I, I kind of expected to be a whole bunch of little stories, but it was um, only four, but it worked yeah. out. They were good size stories. Hopefully they're interesting. They were interesting. <laughs> Kylie was trying to scare him beforehand. She's like, don't tell me about butter. It's like, well, if butter is important, talk about butter. <laughs> but <laughs> obviously we didn't end up talking about butter. So thank you for coming and for sharing. I really appreciate it. And I enjoyed our conversations slash discussions because, yeah, no, I think yeah. that it's important to have like a balanced view of God that, you know, he will provide, but it's not all easy pathways either. Yeah. And, you know, some wicked things happen, but God is in control. So. Yes. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you letting me do this. This was fun. Glad and you enjoyed it. Yeah. Actually, I hope we didn't scare you in the process. No, not at all. All right. Well, thank you. And everybody, tune in next week for Kylie interviewing someone. <laughs> Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page, that is God is Real, God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good Podcast at gmail.com. Bye! If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page, that is God is Real, God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is real, God is good, podcast at gmail.com. Bye!